I'm talking to Erin Weissman, who's the Director of Local Branding Solutions at Disney Advertising Sales. And she has over 15 years of experience in her industry. And Erin, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. <laughs> Good. So kind of to start, I was just wondering if you could please share a little bit about your career journey and just how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. And for me, it all started with an internship I didn't get. I was going into my senior year at Arizona State University, and there was a summer internship program. And luckily, I did not place in health tech PR or working the LPGA golf at 6.30 a.m. at a course in 100-plus degree weather in Scottsdale. So the dean of the university, um, I was the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, called me two weeks later to say, hey, we have Disney coming on campus. Are you interested? And I kid you not, my response was, it will be great interview experience. So you didn't want to work I, for Disney? No, I thought there's no way I'm going to get this. I thought no um. way. I mean, he had called me to say I'm the first summer intern who did not place. Mind you, there were 13 applicants and only 12 positions, but still, I was also not disappointed with what I didn't get. And more like, so if I don't get a summer internship, I'll get a summer job and I'll get an internship in the fall. However, the way it turned out was Disney was coming on campus. Um, back then it was called Buena Vista Pictures Marketing, but it was the studio's arm, was expanding their college internship program to the 16th university. This person would be housed at ASU and would represent ASU and five surrounding community colleges. They would report to someone in the New York field marketing office, as well as to the local agency that repped Disney doing publicity and promotions in the Southwest. Like, awesome. So I went in there in my little suit, um, the best way to describe suits in 1988 would be um, pre-Ally McBeal. So, um, yeah, I can still picture the suit. <laughs> and I went in and sat down, and there were two pivotal things about that that will always stand out in my mind. One was the, what do you think you're going to do in five years? At that point, I thought I'd be a publicist, and I said, next time they pull LT over, I want to be the one to say no comment. Um, and LT, Lawrence <laughs> Taylor, New York Giants, Hall of Famer, number 56, who's had a soda pass. And I want to be the one to smooth that out. And the second thing is I remember getting a, how would you play the scenario? And they threw a movie and a promotion and all things gone wrong. What would you do? Go. And I just nailed it without knowing anything about how they really did things without ever having attended a mm -hmm. movie promotional event. It just all came to me as well. If I was running an event and people weren't showing up or people were kind of not engaging, what would I do? So I started off that fall as ASU's first Disney intern. I, in those extra hours supervised by the agency, started working with the whole team on other movies and other studios and other activations. And I graduated into a role there repping Disney in the Southwest, first repping all studios. We had 16 accounts at a very small PR firm, repping them across Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico, and then expanding that to coming in-house to Disney almost eight years later to replace my supervisor's boss. Um, that's that's been the ongoing joke with my family that apparently <laughs> a very cocky 20-year-old said, one day I'll be Alan. 
Well, as it turned out, one day I became Alan's, who <laughs> Alan reported to. Alan was already long gone and is still an amazing mentor and friend. So that was my full circle coming from local nice. intern to agency to in-house at, uh, at the Walt Disney Company. Nice. So kind of in that interview, those questions that you were faced with, were those like the hardest one kind of questions that you've heard? Like any interview suggestions, recommendations? <laughs> Well, the, the big thing at that time was I was asked something that I had not encountered. Hopefully, mm-hmm. as you progress through your career, you're asked things that are a lot more relatable. And then it mm-hmm. is the, the quick spin. One of the hardest ones for, always, for me always is you identify your weaknesses. And you've got to answer that cautiously. You need to be honest, but you mm-hmm. also don't want to give away something that could remove you from the running for a job you especially really want. Um, I laughed because for years I would position that to someone coming in like, like I'll give you one of mine. And I would mm-hmm. say how much I, I use this Excel for being the, the necessary evil that it is, but I'm not a pivot table kind of girl. So that's the thing when I was looking for an assistant or a coordinator, I needed them to be better than me at that skill. But mm-hmm. I would say you know, there's things to really minimize the, What's, what's the mark against you and how honest you are. Um, but I do always feel for honesty both in how I've answered questions in an interview as well as how I try and draw out someone's response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So, like, now currently, what, what exactly does your job entail? Like, what's kind of your, your day-to-day look like? I love that there's no day-to-day that's the same, and it's in simplest terms, I come up with ideas, I make pretty, pretty PowerPoints, and when someone else sells it, I make it happen. So local brand solutions, <laughs> right? I mean, doesn't that tell you so much already? Mm-hmm. Uh, local brand solutions is, uh, well, there's a larger solutions organization within Disney advertising sales. We represent the entire media portfolio of the company. So there's ABC as a network, ESPN, National Geographic, FX, Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. our TV stations, channels, networks across both linear broadcast and cable broadcast. So there's a huge conglomerate of just the best entertainment you can sit down and watch live or stream on Hulu. Um, Mm -hmm. So local really represents the eight ABC-owned television stations across the country. We have New York, L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Houston, Raleigh, and Fresno. In addition to the stations, and that's their linear, their on-air, plus their digital and social platforms, we also have Taxi TV in 11 markets, three digital spectaculars in Times Square, including the ABC Superside above Good Morning America, and we have national rights to an aerial advertising company. Everything from banners towed that are the size of a basketball court to digital mm-hmm. projection. I mean, just really cool. Like, I had cool stuff yeah. to play with. So mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. almost like the in-house agency to the biz dev team. So they're out there either knocking on client or agency door or receiving RFP that's looking at our eight stations as a group or as a peel-off. Uh, because they might say, hey, we're expanding this product in the Midwest. What do you have? And we'd say, well, our, our primary station is WLS-TV Chicago, and we also have, represent Hulu down to the 210 DMAs. 
So we might say your radius is a four hour drive. Here's the anchor being W. My, my Siri is responding. Oh my goodness. Um, my, my, yes, that was big distraction. So we would say anchoring with WOS in Chicago and then looking at Hulu for each of the surrounding, you know, Milwaukee and all the, the large and small markets down to the zip code that might relate. So we'll look at what is the client trying to achieve? What are those KPIs? Are they looking to build an audience? Are they looking for engagement where sweepstakes might be the, the possible solution? We'll look at where they want um, an integration into one of the national shows, part of living in the world of solutions and having those other assets of networks and series and shows is we have brethren so we can call our neighbor over at Live with Telly and Ryan and say, hey, here's what I want to do for you in show. And then here's a way to really extend it out in the Chicago area. And we'll be on the forefront of presenting the concept, clearing everything internally. We hand it over to the sales reps to do the negotiation. But once it sells, I could be producing custom content, working on an integration with one of my counterparts on a different solutions team to integrate into the show might be, oh my goodness. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And then it's all the way through, through the project management of the campaign and then into final recap reporting. So it's really end-to-end creative problem solving, um, production, could be events, could be custom content. And if it's custom content, I'm involved everywhere from writing a storyboard through selecting music, possibly working mm-hmm. with a producer on casting and wardrobe and all of that. And in modern day, that might all be done virtually. That's so cool. No two days are alike, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so what are some, like, magical and not so magical things about your industry? I mean, the magic is absolutely in. I am, it says it on the back of some things. I am part of the magic of the Walt Disney Company. And yeah. that's something, I, I mean, I wore a Tigger t-shirt underneath my college graduation gown. I was a Disney fan well before I was a quote-unquote cast member. My <laughs> my check as an intern had Mickey Mouse in the corner because, yes, I did receive a paper check. And when I was leaving the job in Phoenix to move to New York for that first studio's job, my assistant loved telling people because she wants Mickey Mouse on her business card because that was the truth. And I did. And yeah. I got it. So that was all. No, that, that, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's joy in representation of the company and it's many, many functions and attributes. And when we dig in, you know, new hires are exposed to the company a whole different light and they see, oh my goodness, the community efforts of the company and the volunteerism and the focus on DE&I, not just in the products we put out there from a content standpoint, but also in how we train our staff, huge pieces of the magic all involved there. Mm-hmm. Then there's the mm-hmm. layer of that it is a multi-matrix company. So there are, I've been laid off from my dream job. That job I moved out back to New York for was 12 and a half years of many changes. My first Exposure to a layoff was six months in. I lost almost half my team. Um, mm. I, in those 12 and a half years, had seven physical different deaths getting moved around 
frankly sucks. Mm. Having to pack up your stuff and relayer it and then find something very important from your desk that was buried in a folder that you got moved someplace else years later. Uh-huh. That happens. Uh-huh. Um, there's pieces of, of that limited exposure of knowing you're hired at will and at any point within your job journey, your title could change, your staffing could change, um, or very highly competitive nature of it, you may be static at a title for a very long time. So mm-hmm. all of those pieces really thread together as sometimes part of the, you know, it, it tarnishes the crown sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when asked why I say it's see the latter, yeah, you know, see the former rather. I, I still love the content I'm approached to support. I love the solutions I drive my team's clients. I love what I'm able to say I've been able to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you kind of have like a funny story or a biggest fail or both from your your own job journey? I can, and it's in that time where um, after my layoff, I was in job huh. search. And there was a company that I was as equally passionate about. Mm-hmm. And in the interview process, I did not listen to my gut. And it was the worst 19 days of my life. And oh my God. I still beat myself up about it um, almost nine years later because I didn't listen to my gut. There were flags mm-hmm. aplenty. And I said, I can handle this. I've got this, even if I only give it one year. And mm-hmm. it's still a fail to me that I couldn't make it work. Or maybe it's a success that you listen to your gut. That in retrospect, I listened to my gut, that I have yeah. shared that piece of of experience with others who have call like I'm wavering on this job and I can say in my heart my response to myself would be don't do it don't do it don't take Mm -hmm. it for the sake of of but I love the company yeah but maybe there's another job there for you down the line maybe if it's and it's sometimes it's the team if you're not connecting with the team you're like but I love a job but I met with the people and the people and I just didn't well that's a tell that whether that's a corporate culture or a team culture, that still is your body telling you it's not where you should be. Mhm, mhm. Yeah. Do you do you have any advice for someone trying to break into your industry? Maybe <laughs> besides listening to your gut, which is super important. There's so much opportunity out there right now to get exposure to personnel at your dream company. So mm-hmm. whether it's simply following them on LinkedIn, you know, it's the, you don't have to message them and try and connect to them necessarily. You can follow them and see what mm-hmm. are they posting from speaking engagements to their own team job posts. Those are quite resourceful. Looking at any free panel, speaker series, conference that can be attended is key, mm-hmm. again, for the exposure of information, but also other people. Uh, when you were able, to, when you've had a guest speaker, did you follow up with a note and a connection request? I definitely recommend on LinkedIn, don't just send a connect. That's why it's as good as the app is, don't use the app when you're sending connections because the app does not allow you to send a note. Always do it from the desktop where you, or whatever that desktop might be for you, but where it's not from the mobile app, 
so that you can mm-hmm. send the connection request. I attended your XYZ. This really resonated with me. Would love to follow up in the future. Please accept my connection. You know, something very basic, but giving that point of reference, giving that so-and-so said that we should speak, would love to connect. That entree means so much. But I do that at this level, too. There are a lot of um, industry-related conferences that all, especially from work-from-home scenario, all attend and notice someone. Great example, I work in New York. My office used to be in the middle of Times Square. There was someone from the Times Square Alliance, the people who run the New Year's Eve ball drop on this panel. And mm-hmm. they, we had never connected. And we work, we broadcast New Year's Rock and Eve, Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest every New mm-hmm. Year's Eve. And I do a lot of activations around it. I thought this is someone who'd be really good to know. So I popped her a quick note. And sure enough, we've connected on LinkedIn. Fast forward almost two full years later, I got to ping her to ask for some collateral from their team. And we were able to really make that connection off two minutes on a back channel during a panel. And it's really, it's keeping your own notes. It's keeping those connections alive. And it's, it's being resourceful. But I think one of the greatest things is the ability to connect. And especially, it doesn't always have to be in person, but it can still be meaningful. Yeah. Do you have any advice for your 22-year-old self, like for someone my age? I think it's keep learning. Keep learning. Mm -hmm. Even when you find a path that you love, that's great. Can you look at that path, how it's going to change a few years from now? And that could be as simple as, okay, you see the direction of TikTok and you're using every other social platform, but you haven't really made your market in TikTok. So follow, do tutorials, learn how it works, learn how, what's the sellability. If it's that you're in a role that includes writing and you're not writing enough on your own, but you're in a team that that's the next step progression, then practice writing. Is it Mm -hmm. when you you see someone getting an assignment, doing it on your own and, and seeing how the voice is compared? Is it taking... A side hustle. Um, I did that for a while. There are a lot of companies that that write the blogs for smaller companies. So mm-hmm. I was, for a while, my position was related to the team that was writing the native advertising, and I hadn't written that way since journalism school. So I took a side job. And the funny thing was, my writing was apparently really, really good, but I didn't love it. So I did it for just over a year. I'm like, okay, I can step back from it. I've I've sharpened the skill. I feel good about it. But it was also mm-hmm. the previous note of trust or gut. I'm like, I don't need to stress about this. But yeah. if you're always learning and doing, it's a great way to help yourself move forward. All right. Super helpful. Um, thank you so much. And thank you for talking to me. This was amazing. It all sounds great. You're so welcome. I can't wait to see where your next journey leads you. (laughs) Thanks. I will definitely keep you posted. Perfect. I'll watch for it. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Take care, Taylor. Bye-bye.